Welcome to CooperCast, The Naked Songs, Episode Part 2. This is your host, Al's nude podcaster, John Sachs. Al talks about doing a John Prine song, meeting Prine later in Nashville, Hammond, organ, jealousy, and even a nice little story about Linda Ronstadt. All right, let's jump over to side B. And the first song is interesting to me because you did a cover of a John Prine song which is Sam Stone. I really like that song. Well, it's from his first album, which was kind of an earth-shaking album. He wrote so many brilliant songs on that uh, album. Well, well, we um, we got to know each other in Nashville. But that was later, right? Yes. One of the things that I was very jealous of him, when I went to his house, mm. he had a, a Hammond organ in his living room. Yeah. Uh, that he, you know, more or less used as a, a table. And it was a Hammond organ, and it worked. And I just was like, I can't afford this. What it, what at that time did a Hammond organ cost, roughly? 6000 something like oh, that. okay. Right. Yeah. To this day, yeah. I don't own a Hammond organ. right. I've never owned a Hammond organ. But today's electronic keyboards, can they get you somewhat close to the yeah, Yes, but I would love to have a Hammond organ, but now I can't because it's too big for my house here. Right. But I dreamt of having it there in the window. Ah, okay. Hammond organ. Are they like, um, like certain guitars, like old Martins, or Gibsons have mystique about them. Yes. Are there It's a very unique instrument and so unique in fact that it survived everything that came against it. And they're still out there. Yes. And being made. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. No, but I just wondered like in Martin, like they talk about pre war Martin guitars as being something special. Are there different eras of of uh to a degree, yes. But um, there were some things that they never changed because that's what is great about a Hammond organ. Do you know basically what's going on inside that makes it a Hammond organ? Ba- very basically. Yeah, like where does it get its sounds? It's, it's a lot of wires and stuff. Yeah. It's, it's very complicated. Hmm. And and if you take the back off it, it's terrifying. <laughs> There's so many wires. Did you ever open up a pinball machine? I had a pinball machine. I mean, I so did I. And you open it up and you look at the wires. And when you play it, big blue sparks are flying everywhere. It's, it's astounding. I, had, I used to have pinball machines in the house. We had one when I lived in Brighton, and we had it rigged so that you never had to put money in, and all the neighborhood kids were in our apartment endlessly playing infinite pinball games. I played a lot, too. Yeah, yeah. So the second song on side two of Naked Songs is called Peacock Lady, which I assume is about Annette Peacock? At the time. Okay. Then you did Sam Cooke's Touch the Hem of His Garment. And like I said, that's a naked song. That's just you and a keyboard, two keyboards, 
over uh, piano and organ. So it's kind of a naked song that way, musically. I thought it was rather cool. The ending is very far out on that song. Oh, I remember I went and hit a very low note. Something was, yeah, I wrote end, exclamation point, when I listened to it. The end of the song was very cool. Side two, cut four, you did a song by your old songwriting buddy, Erwin Levine. Levine? Levine. Levine, you did. Where Were You When I Needed You? And you ended side two with unrequited. And I was going to ask you, this is kind of a trivia question from half a century ago, but it sounded to me like you might have doubled the your vocals because it sounded particularly rich. It possibly... I, I, I did that from time to time. Yeah, yeah. You just you just put on the headphones and you sing it again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And out of nowhere, there's very lush strings on that. Last very what? Strings. There's a string mm. arrangement. And it's actually credited for who the string arranger was, which was not your buddy Charlie Colello. Well, who was it then? Jimmy Wisner. Yeah. Did the it, string arrangements. So, so... um Jimmy Wisner was a, a very good arranger as well. There were, uh, luckily, in New York, there were a bunch of great arrangers. Yeah. Also in Los Angeles. Oh, I had another question for you that I was uh, that doesn't relate specifically to this album, but to all albums, and that is, in those days, records had side A and side B. And... After you listened to Side A, you got up off the couch, if you were still able to get flipped up. Flipped it over. And you flipped it over, and you put the needle back on, and it hissed and made the little rumble sound, and you listened to Side 2. It was like a ritual. There's Side 1, there's Side 2. Um, also, 45s. Yeah, 45s were one at a time. Turn around. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a stack here of 45s. That's, uh... A few stacks. But let me ask you, did you... That's... Side, the side one, side two thing is completely gone now because CDs only have one That's side. That's correct. And with the streaming services, there's not even a set of songs anymore. People cherry pick whatever they want. They make their own albums out of three Al Coopers, two Beatles, and you know Buck Owens. They, they can make their own albums. So, But in those days, did you sit down and think about side one as Act 1 and Side 2 as Act 2 and arrange the songs, you know. Yes, but but I but I thought of them mostly as, uh, as sides, as interchangeable, except that I wanted to sort of have a tip of the hat at the end. So the last song on Side 2 was chosen very specifically. Yeah, in this case. I mean, I don't... I don't think that there's anything particularly special and wonderful about having side A and side B, but just for about half a century, that's how serious music was. You would put on side one, and you would sit down and you'd listen, and then you would flip it over. Well, that was that was the fault of technology. Yeah, I mean it was clever to use both sides of the of the of the vinyl. That was genius. But. Um, but it also produced this thing where every album had a front and a back side, and uh, and forty fives had had the had the the A side. The B side was always kind of like, oh, we need another song for the B side. But sometimes the B side would 
in doo-wop, yeah. the, the B-sides were interesting. Yeah. Did we cover everything? Yeah, we covered all ten songs. Uh, we covered the fact that you don't super love the album, but I found a lot of interesting things on it. No, I, 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 liked, I liked it, and at one time I loved it. Mm. But um, last night, I listened to it for the first time in a long time, and I was looking forward to mm. listening to it because I had fond memories of it. And then I, then I, I didn't like it as much. Mm. Well, I thought, as I pointed out, there were certain specifically cool things on it. I but, that, but that's me. I have a whole different sure. outlook on it than anybody else. Yes. Uh, I remember hearing that Linda Ronstadt could not stand the sound of her own voice. Interesting. Um, and most of the world thinks that she had a wonderful voice. I can see why she may have disliked it, because it has a particular quality to it. But most of us love that quality. Can I tell a Linda Ronstadt story? Please. Okay. So, like like most men at the time, I had a big crush on her. And I went to see her, and I somehow got her back to my house in Atlanta. Hmm. And uh, to be comfortable, I just played her music that I thought that she had never heard. Yeah. And what I did was I started her next romance by playing her little feet that she had never heard before. Oh. And then all of a sudden I read that she's Going out with Lowell George, who was the, the lead singer, lead singer of Little Feet, and um, and I and I also knew Lowell, mm. but I didn't introduce them, mm, right? Except musically, yeah, yeah. She had never heard Little Feet, and and hmm. of all the things I played her, that was I think she really liked that a lot, and that was the. Only time we ever spent together. Interesting. That's a nice little story. We'll, we'll, we'll keep that in. I think this is going to be a podcast that purposely uh, wanders all over the place. I think that's, that's good. I think it's too late to uh, change it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this has been CooperCast, the Naked Songs episode part two, brought to you by Organ Jealousy. Look for more episodes coming up and subscribe at Apple, Spotify, or just about anywhere and tell your friends.